You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your host, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. He's revisited his back with another Arnold movie, Conan the Destroyer. I'm your host, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel San Angelo. And Buck and Crom himself has graced us with his presence. <laughs> or are you the Beastmaster? <laughs> I can't do it. Welcome back, everybody, as we go back in time once again to the 80s, but then through the 80s, past, in time, past Christ himself into... <laughs> did they ever do a show of that one? Yeah. Okay. Are I think you... that's a... Oh, the... well, they did like a I know it was game a game. Show. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did a game show with the time aspect? Yeah, well, that's what I'm singing, I think. That's what I thought you were. Yeah, I know they had the, you know, the regular one. Did Rockapella do the music? I hope. <laughs> was there the word on the street where the word was literally written on the street? Oh, wow. <laughs> I watch that show all the time on PBS, bro. Hit it, Rockapella. I always wanted to... I always knew, like, if I got on that show... I see all these kids that get like the United States and oh you gotta put the thing on the states. I knew the fucking states. I did too. <laughs> and, but then I, I always knew if I got on they'd be like, and your country is Africa. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's somewhere over here. <laughs> if it's not Egypt, I don't know where it is. It's kinda like the Bozo game. I wish I would have let me through the ball. Like I Yeah. I would have kicked ass at that. But I never got the chance. I'm gonna find the exact measurements, get some buckets. And we'll see how good you really are. You got to put like tissue paper or something. Yeah, so it'll keep bounce it from out. Bouncing, yeah. And that, I'll tell you, one time on that show, I saw a kid miss it on the first one, oh. and they didn't let him. Like that was it. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, I lost so much respect for Bozo. Like, this is the first one. He's gonna be shamed. He just got shamed in front of his kids. I mean, uh, his friends. <laughs> I hope to God he doesn't have kids. <laughs> we haven't even discussed the movie at all. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. Just let it flow. Yeah. Game, kid game shows, though, I always want to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. We uh, run through I like, the... I like Double Dare. Double Dare would be fun. But you, had, yeah. you had to get to the... Well, Obstacle actually, course. Yeah. yeah, you know, where it's Legends of the Hidden Temple, you know, with each... You had the... The Blue Barracudas, but you, what if you lost them that very I'd first I'd be the Golden round? Monkeys, because yeah. Golden Monkeys are gold. <laughs> <laughs> they win They win awards and shit. Yeah. Guts would have been fun, too, yeah. yeah. Some of the games I know I would dominate on, but then there were some that were just like... Random, you know, and it was almost it was always the most like unathletic kids on the show. <laughs> like they couldn't like make a basket. Yeah. Guts would be fun. Uh, didn't you say, wait, Jesse? Didn't you you know somebody that has a piece of the Agra Crag? Was that you? That Is that said the that? big guts yeah. trophy? Yeah, yeah. And there's somebody on Facebook that we played yeah, yeah, yeah. World of Warcraft. With. Yeah, Diesel. Yeah. Diesel. Diesel yeah. Wow. Same guy. I want to touch <laughs> it. I want to touch his Agro Crag. 
Touch it on my own. Oh, oh, real quick before we get on to Conan, which I know is why you're listening. <laughs> did you know that Mark Summers is like a germaphobe? Oh, like really? he's a clean freak. Like the host of Double Dare mm-hmm. can't like get dirty. Host like, of Unwrapped. Oh wait, that Where food he, show, isn't yeah. it? Something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Not the host, but I guess he's the host, but you know, he's just talking. The the awesome the the coolest thing about Legend of the Temple was that when you're watching it. Oh, Temple Guardian, good thing you got that extra life, bro. <laughs> but uh, when you're watching, of course, you can see like everything, you know. From right. The, you can see there's a temple guard in there, like just waiting. But they couldn't see it. That's right. There was another one that would be awesome too. Uh, it was same kind of premise, but it was a uh, funhouse. I think was the name of it. Whereas that, you know, it was a it was a side scroller, basically <laughs> for lack away. of a better word. Which would be awesome. But anyway, Conan the Destroyer released June 29, 1984. IMDb 5.7. Rotten and- Tomatoes. Twenty-seven <laughs> percent. I had just turned a month old. Aw, to the day. No, a month and two days. Oh, I was close. Yeah, you were <laughs> pretty close. I was thinking, actually, the Rotten Tomato score is your birthday. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven percent critics, thirty-nine percent audience. So I know your birthday too. Yeah, mine would be not on this sheet to compare it to. <laughs> my birthday, my birth date is closest to the domestic gross. The budget was eighteen estimated, opening six point nine, domestic gross thirty-one million. My birthday being on the 30th. 30th. I don't uh, know Jesse's birthday. That's sad. It was today. It was. <laughs> that would suck if it Thanks, was today. guys. <laughs> Surprise! We want hey, to do the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, this one was directed by Richard Fleischer, who also directed one of my favorite movies to watch as a kid, which would be the original 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The Never Disney watched. one with... You never saw the Disney 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with Kirk Douglas? No, sir. Jesse, back me up. Have you seen that when you were a kid? No. Oh my God! I thought everybody's seen this movie with Kurt uh, Kirk Douglas. It's so good. Whale of a tail or tail, my friends. Whale of a tail or two. God, nice. y'all suck. <laughs> and it's like they got this grown up. There, oh look, here's the song. Oh, this would suck. I didn't see I'm gonna watch it too. <laughs> no, it's a Disney movie. It's great. I swear by my tattoo. I mean, a, a, it's like Darby will be on the little people. You gotta have some singing in it. You know, <laughs> chitty chitty bang bang. Now, I ain't saying this ain't no Mary Poppins, but it's still good. But uh, in fact, uh, until uh, Finding Nemo came out, and they they had the wow. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride at Disney World and Disneyland, but now it's Nemo. They changed the submarines to instead of the Nautilus. Good for them. He's not playing that guitar. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> not you, Jeff. No, I was looking at Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's not playing that guitar. You asshole. But anyway, speaking of, yeah, good, good point. Anyway, if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. When we do fifties revisited or sixties, whenever this came, I want to watch this. Like, is this the whole movie? <laughs> no, no, I'll just say pause on the podcast. Yeah, it's only a two minutes long. But uh, that little fat dude is like, uh, he talks like he talks like Igor. He's like, Professor, what do we do? No, but it's, it's a good movie. Of course, Captain Nemo and the whole Nautilus thing is awesome. But anyway, he also directed Soylent Green with Charlton Heston. No, let it play. Look at that solo. I remember her. The viewer listening time is... <laughs> no, I'm sure a lot of people out there listening to this podcast love this movie. Not really. In fact, right in. In fact, <laughs> we might do a literal Back to the Future episode where we go back from the '80s to another previous. We go 30 years in the past. I'm telling you, Daniel, it's good. And it's no Howard the Duck. <laughs> I assure you, this is the only musical number in the movie. 
I promise. It's good. Anyway, written by Stanley Mann. He did the screenplay based on characters, of course, by the original creator of Conan, Robert E. Howard, which I actually, when I worked at Winn-Dixie here, I had a co-worker named Robert Howard. No relation, unfortunately. Could have pitched some Conan stories, you know. Sure. Oh, yeah, some stuff. Anyway, uh, naturally, if you don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself was Conan uh, until, but not in the remake, of course, with, uh, what's his name? Call Drago. Oh, God. I can't, I could see, uh, I was about to say Mark Dacosis, but he's not Mark Dacosis. Mark Dacosis is a good Are you actor. talking about the remake? Yeah. Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah, or whatever you, yeah, he looks the part, but God, he's bad. <laughs> okay. Didn't see it. Real quick, in the remake, Conan does two things that Conan should never do. Or, let me see, three things. One, he pracks jokes. Did I say <laughs> pracks? He cracks jokes. <laughs> like, he's, he's comic relief. Okay, Conan doesn't do that. Does stand-up comedy. Then he ta- he lets women backtalk him. Now I'm not disrespecting to women, but <laughs> wow. the character Conan that's, that's is a barbarian. Conan, yeah. like he doesn't. Ta- I mean, he not he punches camels and women equally. And then he gets his ass kicked by a woman. Wow, Conan. That's I'm not watching. And it. again, I'm not saying that you know women can't kick ass. They can. Grace Jones in this movie kicks ass. However, I would love to she take doesn't her out beat for Conan. Dinner. <laughs> she would pay. Maybe. <laughs> After she breaks you. No, that's just one of the scariest women ever. Oh, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't go out on a date with her. If she wanted you, she would grab you yeah. and take that, you. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> with her little raccoon tail leaving nothing to the imagination on her backside. I wouldn't go out on a date with her voluntarily. Yeah, she would just grab you. She is a very, very scary woman. Mm-hmm. Her her face, like, she literally looks crazy. The uh, Like, the, that's not a sane look. I don't know if you call her a princess chick, but the girl, she's very cute. Oh, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of the cast, let's, uh, of course, mentioned on her, Grace Jones, was her name was Zula. She was also in Pineapple Express and Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain as Bumbata, his only acting role ever. Good deal. However, this paled in comparison to his previous 20,000 roles mm-hmm. of being inside women, uh, <laughs> since, of course, he claimed to have sexual relations with 20,000 women. Yeah, uh, he's dead now. STD. <laughs> S- excuse me, STDs. Uh, Mako was Akiro. STDs. He was also in Pearl Harbor, Memoirs of a Geisha. Probably. Ma- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stop talking about that. Let's move on. Uh, Mako, of course. Uh, remember, we talked in the Karate Kid episode. He was actually one of the original, the original choice for Mr. Miyagi. Oh. Until, uh, uh, of course, Pat and Rita blew him away and owned the fucking role. <laughs> uh, Tracy Walter was Malik. Uh, he was also in Batman. He was Bob in the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton Batman. He was also in Silence of the Lambs. A uh, veteran of the podcast, Sarah Douglas was Queen Terramus. She was in, she was uh, uh, Ursa in Superman Two. Uh, very, I mean, she's hollowed like she looks like Skeletor now, but <laughs> you know, she was a very. Str- I think she was kind of a film fatale mm-hmm. back then. I wouldn't kick her out of bed. Uh, and the cutie you mentioned, Olivia Dabo, was Princess Jenna. Uh, she was in the Wonder One, yeah, the Wonder Years, and also Wayne's World Two as the. I don't, have you seen Wayne's World Two? I don't. I may have, but I don't. Okay, well, I was going to imitate her character, but since you haven't seen, it, I'm not going to bother. But she's the female Garth. Uh-huh. It's like I'm Garth, <laughs> and she's very pretty. She's a cutie pie, and she still looks like really pretty, very very attractive. Cool, oh. oh, 69. She's older than I thought she'd be. Well, not that much, but I mean. Still looks young. You still wouldn't kick her. Yeah, out she doesn't look as old as she really is. Uh, 
And another veteran of the podcast in the form of Pat Roach. He was Tothamon. I know where he's from. Raiders. Of, he was the Nazi that gets chopped up in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. He's the Temple Guard in Temple of Doom that gets crushed by a rock crusher. And he was, was, he was in Last Crusade, but his scene was cut. He got punched out by Nana Jones. And then if you listen to those episodes of the podcast, we mentioned that uh, his career was pretty much made by getting killed, killed or beaten up mm-hmm. by Indiana Jones, which I would not say, you know, I would say that's a great career to have. So, uh, well, he did pass away, uh, I think we mentioned mm-hmm. the other one. And then in an uncredited role as Dagoth was none other than Andre the Giant hmm. in the suit in the end. Oh, really? I did not know Uncredited that. Cool. role. Cool. Uh, of course, uh, Princess Bride and uh, WrestleMania 3, <laughs> Hogan body slams Andre the Giant. I believe it was 3. You're right. Yep. Uh, my and sports the, knowledge is a little rusty. In Detroit? Wherever the Detroit? Oh, I couldn't tell you the venue. Yeah. It wasn't the Garden? No, it was like 80,000 people there. We will find that out. I, but, uh, I'm going to say Detroit. Let's see. Ain't no third pay-per-view. Michigan. Michigan. Yep. But not Detroit, but I got the state right. Pontiac <laughs> Silverdome. The which theme. Is, which is where the, the Lions play. <laughs> the theme. Who's Zooming? Go back real quick. Who's Zooming Who by Aretha Franklin was the theme of WrestleMania 3. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the, guys, every one of us are going to WrestleMania 30. That's if true. you're listening. Triple X. <laughs> Hope to see some right. titties. <laughs> oh, wait, it's not? Oh, wait, what are we going to? Wait, what are we uh, go down to the uh, event. It was was Andre versus uh, Hogan the main event at yes. WrestleMania 3? Uh, I would think so. I would almost... They usually have like the, the uh, card. The card. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Yeah, Hogan yep. defeated Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan. Let's see. who any Honky Tonk Man defeated Jake Roberts. There's Roddy Piper. Oh, Intercontinental Steamboat defeated Randy Savage. Ricky Snap. Steamboat, probably one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions to ever hold the belt. Uh, WrestleMania three, Bret Hart and Nineheart were part of the Hart Foundation. He hadn't gone out British by himself. Bulldogs. Oh yeah, Davy Boy, rest in peace. Wow, it's a lot Just of rest some in of these names like, on here. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> Bob Orton. Yeah, it was the first match Cowboy against Rick the, Rick the Model Martel, <laughs> Hillbilly <that>. Jim, <laughs> Little Beaver, <laughs> Kid and Little Beaver defeated Mr. Fuji, oh, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> It's so it's so awesome when you uh, look back at some of that, and just you know some of the star like wrestlers that were lower card when you watched maybe originally, but then you ain't thought about them and sent you know since. But anyway, Daniel, have you ever seen Conan the Barbar? Uh, uh, excuse me, Conan the Destroyer. Yes, uh, a while ago. I would assume yeah. probably because of your cousin, or for some reason I remember the uh, the tower kind of the crystal whatever mm, tower with the crumbling. wizard. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen Barbe- the the first, uh, one before the Barbarian? We watched something at Caves one day. Uh, it was a bunch of us. I don't know if hmm. you were there, but he put on a coat in, I think, the Barbarian. It might have been because Caveman likes his yeah. blood and titties. Yeah. Uh, so you have seen it, but it's, it's one of those like you didn't probably it's remember anything while, except yeah. the tower crashing. Pretty roughly. much. Uh, so what do you think of this one? Uh, it's a fun movie for me for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love how bad some of Arnold's facial expressions are. <laughs> bad or just silly? How s- silly they are. Like how stupid they look, which makes me laugh. Like, uh, yeah. like I enjoy that. That's, that's yeah. good cheese. I think, yeah, it's part yeah. of it, I think. For this one, at least. It fits the tone. Yeah. Whereas the first one is is rated R and all about death and slavery. And What's what's the, Grace Jones is hilarious to me and... Like when she got scared of the rat, just the, her facial expressions. I wonder, like after, <laughs> like after they said cut, was she like, 
That was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, what what was she like in real life? That's what, something I would wonder. I don't. The she has to be scary. The huge awkwardness and and difference between Wilt Chamberlain's height and everyone else. Yeah, I mean, he it's looks so comical. Weird. His legs are taller than some people. Yeah, like the. the What's the uh the thieves? Uh, Malik. Malik. Yeah. Malik is your dude nowadays in the windowless van that is just yeah. watching at a park. <laughs> that, I mean, come on. That's close close to the <laughs> He's yep. weird. I wouldn't leave Allison with him. He's that type. <laughs> but He'd steal the baby. <laughs> it's just it's funny characters on it. Which that's what makes me like enjoy yeah. it. Like there was times I was like, Oh my god, look at that face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like all of his expressions, like he apologizes to the Kimmel, "Hey, I'm sorry about last time." And it spits on him. Like, but uh, it's you know, in, in in all in absolute honesty, this is a terrible sequel to the original. <laughs> but this one, I've always liked this one better, probably because I, it's it's more and it's violent, but it's still a little more kid fantasy than it's more lighthearted. Than, yeah, I mean, the Barbarian is R for gore, titties, <laughs> and Slavery, uh, witch sex, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, just some it's of the a lines, stark difference. Just the way he delivers the lines, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> even even like when he's standing barely in anything at the end, like this, and uh, for you YouTube watchers, and like the I can't remember her name, uh, Jenna. Yeah, Jenna was telling, okay, you come here, and then they look back like, is it okay? And he's, he's like, he does the nod, <laughs> does the nod, like. <laughs> And he just like walks out and he's like, like yeah. that's your master? <laughs> wait, wait, I gotta get permission from Conan to take care of this. It's just funny to me. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. Like yeah. it, it's one of those types. You you sit back with not it's one of those like what Tim we were you don't ex, I don't expect much out of this movie. Yeah. I'm not but, expecting a huge like drama filled, like in you know, mm-hmm. tearjerker. It's, but it's <laughs> sort of like an eighties con air. Yeah. Like it's because yeah. there it's, are some characters. It's good, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a it's a whole bunch of characters. Yeah. And in in a lot of ways, it's it's a classic fantasy tale because mm-hmm. you know you got it, you got your barbarian, you got your princess, you got your wizard, you got your thief. It's like Final Fantasy two. I don't know one of them. Yeah, the job yeah. system. Yeah, whatever. Which one? Uh, five. Uh, yeah. You know, so you have your classes. They actually have Final Fantasy One. You have classes. You remember oh, yeah, you with, choose them at the very the, beginning. Yeah, the uh, six classes. Uh, I was trying to think of the stupid. Uh, uh, there's a name. warrior, a thief, black belt, uh, white mage, black, black mage, mage, red, red mage. mage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my so Final Fantasy. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it's it's and especially at this time, you know, I mean, not us in particular. I was four. You were two. Uh, wait, no, you're 84, 85. I was born in 84. When is it coming? Oh, it's 80, uh, June 29th, 1984. Yeah, so. I was a month old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we talked about that at the beginning. <laughs> so I was like, I'm making sure porn. <laughs> you know, but, uh, this was around, you know, as you were getting older now, as I was getting older, this was, this story was kind of what we were seeing in role-playing games at the time, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, so yeah. I think that's one, you know, one reason that, especially as a kid, you know, uh, I don't. I'm sure I didn't see it in the theater, but I mean, it was. This was one that when my mom said, "No, you can't rent Conan the Barbarian. It's rated R." But you, oh look, this one's PG. You rent this one. Yeah. 
and correct, and that's correct assumption. That's what a, a good parent would do because a four year, you know, a five six year old doesn't need to be seeing the stuff you see in Conan the Barbarian. Uh, not that I'm saying we should pussyfy society, but I mean, yeah. not that it would mess me up because I saw a lot of shit too. But you know, proper parenting. But uh, yeah, this this movie just so enjoyable. This is one that when I see it on, it's like Shawshank. If I see that it's on, and I'm not in the process of doing something, if I'm flipping channels, I'll mm-hmm. leave it on Conan the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. More so than the Barbarian. It's just a like you said. It's a fun. It's a it's a good time yeah. to have. Now I could see people who in you know 1982 I think when Barbarian came out like oh this is that movie's fucking tight it's it's hardcore blah blah another one oh yeah and they go in, and then mm. what you know mm. uh, it's I mean it's it's in a sense it's almost truly you know it's the R version of the same movie I mean. Plot's a little different, of course, but I mean, Conan goes and cuts something up and fights a warlord in the end and saves the day. So it's, uh, except one's an R-rated one and one's, you know, a kid, a younger audience friendly. I wouldn't one. mind seeing uh, Janna in an R-rated one. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, Especially uh, at the very beginning when she's sleeping. Oh, yeah. Pretty nice little And then, you know, you know they, they, go on, they go on the quest. They, get, they, they run into the, the evil wizard, you know, with his... Which, which, you know, speaking of Arnold's facial expressions, you're behind one of them, wizard, but which one? Oh, God, oh, speaking of his, the funniest facial expression is when he's being spun. Spun, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, this, another thing going forward is this is naturally the age of practical onset effects. It's people in makeup. It's Andre mm-hmm. the Giant in a giant Godzilla suit with a horn on its head fighting Arnold. How, you know, how mm-hmm. amazing is that? You know, so... A lot going for it. It's just, I think the biggest thing that must always be kept in mind for this film is that it, it's basically like uh, a good, a modern example would be how Die Hard uh, was. I think my, was it the no, it might have been uh, Live Free or Die Hard. It's an R-rated franchise. The new entry is PG-13 to bring in. Mm-hmm. They want younger people to come see it, which is fine. But I mean, you can say you can say fuck. I think like one time, maybe two on a PG-13. Hey, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. Back to you. First. Yeah. I think you could say Usually it it's like about once, yeah. which I don't, I don't see how you grade cuss words. Like, oh, that one's way worse than this. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. Yeah. End of rant. But, you know, in Live Free or Die Hard, it's they it's like, hippie like I think something explodes when he says it. So, like, they muffle it. You can say it once. That's the only time he... Okay, he can say, like, man, screw this or something, you know, throughout yeah. the whole movie. But when he when John McClane says yippee ki yay, it better end with motherfucker, not mother or the dubbed version. Or the Mr. Falcon. Mr. Falcon. <laughs> you know, but I mean and, and I'll get into that in some of the in uh, in the trivia is that why this film this is that's a, a modern example of or a modern comparison as to how you have Barbarian hard R and you have the sequel mm. PG PG uh, actually go up, is it PG or PG thirteen? It is PG. Yeah, you know, so R to PG. Now, granted, this is 1984 PG, technically a PG-13, because uh, there was no PG-13 then, so it was either R or PG, uh, which is why ki- us kids that grew up watching 80s movies are the best, because, you know, 80s PGs were fucking badass. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this is interesting to me, because uh, one of my favorite... Uh, uh, controversial 80s films would be David Lynch's Dune, which some people love it, some people hate it. 
I love it. I think it's a great film. It's an, it's a, for its time. It was like the water world of the Titanic of its time. And by that, I mean when it was released, incredibly ambitious on scale and scope and everything. Uh, they're trying to adapt a book that a lot of people thought, like, you can't adapt this to the screen, much less in a movie. Uh, the theatrical version was like maybe two hours, but then they had like the full mm -hmm. David Lynch vision, which is four hours long. Uh, and it's great, uh, in my opinion. Uh, most people don't like it, but that's you fine. You made it all the way through? Oh, yeah. In I fact, can't do it. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Never watched. We will on the Scott podcast eventually. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing that Dune became extremely popular in, the, I want to say, the early 2000s because sci fi redid, like, but they did, like, it was like a three-night miniseries type, you know, a six-hour total type thing, uh, four or three or four parts on sci-fi, but they did, like, they went for adapting everything from the book, pretty much, I want to say. I never finished the book, hmm. because I seen I saw the movie before I read the book, and I was like, this is pretty much what I saw in the movie, so I uh, just ditched the book, be it for good or uh, not. Uh, I know some people are like, oh, you should finish the book. Like, nah, I've seen the movie enough. I know the story. But, uh, yeah, it was filmed at the same time, and they actually used some of the same locations uh, for Dune as they did, the original Dune as they did for Conan the Destroyer. But yeah, this is, we're looking on IMDb now, the, the uh, sci-fi version of Dune, and they even made the sequel for one of the books, uh, Children of Dune, which starred at then a unknown James McAvoy, hmm. or McAvoy, however you want to pronounce his last name. But the, the most notable thing of Children of Dune, in my opinion, is the score, which is done by Brian Tyler, uh... He also uh, he did Bubba Hotep. He did some. Uh, he did Thor: The Dark World or the new Thor. Uh, he's done a lot. Uh, apparently, Iron Man three too. But he's uh, he started off with kind of these. Uh, it's like David Beckham TV stuff, and he does actually a blonde. <laughs> it's like David Beckham and Sawyer from Lost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like the top is Beckham and the bottom half is <laughs> and he's just Josh a composer in that. Josh Holloway. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Brian Tyler is—he's probably one of my favorite modern composers. Him and uh, the guy that Ninja does Turtles. the guy that does uh, all of uh, Fronsky stuff—I forgot his damn name—did the fountain and everything. Oh man, why I can't? Is drawing a complete Tyler Bates? No, wait, that's not it. That's some other composer. We'll come back to it. Yeah, uh, but anyway. Uh, yes, same sets, same uh, time as Dune, and you will see Dune eventually. It won't be the four-hour one. I won't subject you to that, but we'll we'll check out the uh, the regular theatrical version. Uh, Sting's in it. <laughs> Clint Mansell. Yeah, that's it, Clint Mansell. He did. Uh, he also did. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Uh, yeah, Working for a Dream. That theme. They use it in a ton of Lord of the Rings marketing. A lot of the well, trailers. originally it was done by Beethoven. Oh really? So yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. So that that's uh, he just adapted. Oh, was it Mozart? Uh, yeah, it's Lux. Yeah, that's it. Right, yeah. Uh, There's the Clint Manziel version of it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream uses it, and like he has different. Uh, I would assume, I guess, different instruments or different tones on his piano or keyboard, whatever he uses, to where it's broken up by seasons. There's like a winter version, a fall mm -hmm. version that he uses in Requiem. Let's see. Well, oh, oh, I know what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that song is his, but Requiem for a Dream is, um, ch -ch 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 -ch. where's the song? There's a the song. No. That's another thing we can come back to <laughs> while I look all that up. Gotcha. And get the answers. Yeah, uh, oh, wait. 
teaser trailers. I don't remember it being in the Sunshine trailer because Sunshine had its own amazing theme. But uh, Clint Mansell, wait, no, what I'm saying, Clint Mansell did Sunshine's theme, music, oh. uh, his the music. So he's he's phenomenal. He ha- he's done some amazing work. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Grace Jones put two stuntmen in the hospital by accident uh, with her stick. So <laughs> she beat this. And it's funny we're, we're talking about this today because uh, I don't know why my DVR randomly recorded a recent episode of Tosh. That's an old, old episode. But it's the one where the dude robs the store with the stick. Like a huge staff. <laughs> like he's trying to... Mm, anyway, I don't remember uh, that. But anyway, because I watched Conan earlier today, and then <laughs> I saw that on Tosh. It was like Grace Jones trying to rob a, a modern convenience store with a stick. Anyway, but we talked about like I kind of uh, how barbarians are, and this is PG. Here's some of the backstory on that, which is pretty interesting. Uh, John Milos, the director of Conan the Barbarian, which was, again was released 1982, was unavailable to direct the sequel. Uh, so the studio took a more a, a, a lot of movie horror stories start like this. Uh, but the studio took a more active role than they had on the first film, which led to some serious mistakes, according to Schwarzenegger in his recent biography, which is called Total Recall. Great name. Uh, after E.T. was such a big hit in 82, Universal thought that Conan the Destroyer would make more money if it was more family-friendly. So thankfully Conan did not meet an alien and befriend it and nurse it back to health or something. Uh but uh, Schwarzenegger argued against this, but uh, again, this is 1984 Arnold. This isn't, you know, 1988 Arnold after uh, Terminator might have came out by this time. I'm not sure the uh, chronological order, but this is bef- uh, before he had this, the pull that he, mm-hmm. you know, eventually had and got. Uh, they were, the director, uh, Richard Fleischer, agreed with Schwarzenegger, but he complied with the wishes, uh, the studio wishes to make it more friendly. Fr- uh, Family friendly, but just like Schwarzenegger and uh, Richard Fleischer feared, uh, they were worried. Their fears were realized when it wasn't as big of a hit as the first one. It wasn't. It didn't. It didn't do what they thought it would do with the younger audience. Because I think simply because you're making a sequel to an R-rated movie. You know, uh, this R-rated. is before internet and mm-hmm. all that. You know, so excuse me. People don't know. You know, most people probably wouldn't realize that. Oh, it's a sequel, and not even think that it's some sort of kids movie. Not that it, it is a kid's movie, but again, it's compared to Conan the Barbarian, it's definitely a kid's movie. Uh, and uh, Schwarzenegger, all, uh, Terminator 2 was originally, they were thinking about rating it PG-13, which Cameron and his wisdom didn't, but then 3 comes along and it's PG-13. No, 3 was R. Uh, Salvation was PG-13. Mm. But that's... I fell asleep. In Salvation? Or it, at a midnight showing, I, was, I must have been tired or something. I liked Salvation. Because it was loud and I fell asleep. I thought it was great. Like, okay, I mean, let me rephrase that. I thought it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I would deserve great for great movies. Yeah. But I was excited about the franchise taking that future war theme and making that the, the second trilogy, which they haven't done anything with since. Yeah, he did the he did he the, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. Nice. I have a Clint Mansell update, actually. Um, he did do that soundtrack in his original. What happened was Mozart had a song that was titled the same. But musically, it was completely different. So gotcha. everybody has been labeling it on YouTube as, as Mozart. Mozart's, and Figures. therefore it's been confused, and confused me as well. <laughs> In fact, and funny story, like to go along with that. Uh, of course, when Napster first came out, a uh, lot of songs. I would. I, 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 I'm trying to think of a specific example, but there's there were so many songs that I thought were sung by the wrong people. Dave <laughs> Matthews it, at the time had a credit for a lot of other people's songs. <laughs> 
<laughs> if they sounded similar to Dave Matthews Band. I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to think of some for next time. Just but I mean, in fact, uh, me and my wife had an argument when we've been together for six years now. Mm-hmm. Going on, six in March, I guess, or uh, no, six in February. Excuse me, I want to say. Uh, to when we first met, like, oh, yeah, I like that song. It's by so-and-so. No, it's not. You know, so like, oh, you know, I mean, it's not my fault. That's right. What, Napster lied to me. Damn it. But, uh, and uh, actually, oh, God, it was one I just found that was labeled wrong. Actually, you know, it was, it was the Lux Arterna. Uh-huh. That was labeled as the artist oh, on, that's when weird. I downloaded it. Oh, okay. I, uh, on BuzzFeed, my wife loves BuzzFeed. And they had like you know twenty six songs you've heard but you don't know who sings them. Uh, and she put was playing like as a game between us. She was playing, playing them and see if I could guess them. Uh, of course, I heard every one of them, but I only knew like five of them. Oh wow! And one of them was the Requiem from a Dream. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm like, oh, that's Lux Artana. And she's like, no, that's Clint Mansell. I'm like, you know, oh, light bulb. Like, okay. like, yeah, yeah but uh, that's the title. name of the song. But you know, I played it off. I don't think she realized <laughs> what happened. But yeah, the early days of Napster. I had so many. I downloaded so many U2 songs. Yeah, and then like this is Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. What is this? You know, so that's the dangers of when you know back when we used to pirate music. Sure, yeah. You know, but uh, wish I could do that now. I know, but we're yeah, we're fine standing citizens. Yeah, and now it's just like ninety nine cents. Just just buy it. Or in my case, I just use Rhapsody. It's like yeah, eight ninety nine. I've had it for like six years. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you look at in perspective, you know, I mean, I'm sure we all had CDs collections at one time. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm in the process of getting rid of all my CDs because why? Exactly. it's an obsolete format. I mean, uh, my mom bought a Mac last year. There's no drive. Yeah. You know, <laughs> wow. She, you, know, if she, you know, she has to get stuff digitally or I would have to put it on a flash drive, jump drive and, you know, <laughs> That's with a, crazy. you know, so, and I'm just kind of, and actually it was early this week. Makes just sense. like. I have this whole rack of CDs. One, I mean, I used to have a, you know, back in the day, we, well, I don't know if it was the same for y'all, but you know, you, you had a CD binder too, like the Still big, you know, 200, <laughs> you know, you'd have 200 mm-hmm. discs in that thing, fucking suitcase, briefcase you're carrying around full of CDs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all had that, you know, and uh, now I got maybe, I got maybe about 30 CDs, which uh, luckily there's a place around here that you can trade them in and have they CDs. give you some cash. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I just, it just kind of struck me like, I, I kind of got down to the ones I wanted to keep just in case. You know, my backup hard drive and my computer go out at the same time because I, right. you know, I back. I mean, I'm cautious with all, with all everything transitioned to digital. I back up at least once a week just to be safe because I've had my computer just crap out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm on auto backup. Do you have, like? Does it stream? Like, you use Carbonite or something like that, or, no, or no, just just a drive? Is it like program that you use? That it, or, time machine on Mac. Oh, that's an okay. That's the name. Yeah. Well, you weren't being sarcastic that you had a time machine. <laughs> He's a time machine. That's like, really? He's a time machine, Doc. No wonder. No wonder you're so creative. You go back in time and uh, yeah. make your own time. That's you right. You exist outside of the time-space continuum. I'm in every room doing something in this house. <laughs> At the same time. That's, <laughs> the that's same. me from 10 minutes ago. That's yeah. me an hour ago. We collaborate. <laughs> Can't come up with anything new. But yeah. Uh, anyway, I was uh, driving that fact. But uh, Schwarzenegger and uh, Dino De Laurentiis washed their hands of the series, which is why there was never a Conan 3. Because, of course, this one ends just like the first one, but At that's not is a yet. story for another time. Which, uh, of course, when they first announced the remake, or the reboot, I guess I should say, of Conan the Barbarian with MoMA, the big rumor at the time was that Arnold would be a cameo as King Conan, and Triple H was going to be the new Conan. Mm-hmm. 
and he would uh, he would sort of pass you know it would be like a handing of the sword to his son uh type thing which i was fine with because i mean triple h could pass as arnold's like he could be conan maybe not now today i'm not sure how he looks uh, but, you know, around that time when he was the game and the King of Kings, I mean, probably the biggest he ever was, uh, I could see him as that. And I'm sure it would have been better for him than uh, the, uh, what was this, where he was the bus driver. Oh, the, the chaperone. Chaperone. <laughs> yeah, so. But anyway, instead they made a complete disaster out of the franchise. But that's not to say they couldn't, with the right choices, do something a little better. Oh, yeah, Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque. Terrible in Blade Trinity, but... Conan, again, Conan doesn't have to talk. <laughs> he just needs to, like, no. You know, just grunt and say a few That's one-liners, and, you know, it's a perfect role for a wrestler. I mean, why do you think Arnold got it? He, he Mr. Universe, couldn't talk. couldn't talk, you know, he just mercifully had to say just a few lines, because he didn't, he, he didn't know English, like, f- fluent English when he did the first one, you know, so... It's, That's the way it goes. Uh... But uh, anyway, because of sort of how the studio system handled this film, which is why you got the family friendly, but it also, I wouldn't say jaded Schwarzenegger, but made him aware of the studio system. And then, of course, he became bigger than the pool of the studio had because it was more like, okay, we got, he became the guy. I mean, the 80s were, you cannot talk about the 80s in film without mentioning four or five Schwarzenegger films as defining the decade. And to this day, uh, What's his recent one? Escape Plan, Last Stand, you know, his little comeback of sorts. Both been incredibly enjoyable. I think Last Stand was a little more enjoyable, but uh, him and Stallone in the same movie was something with in uh, Escape Plan, which is something, you know. Expendables. Oh, duh. I know. <laughs> I, I kept thinking it was something I was missing. <laughs> you know, but that's some, especially part two, because that's when they actually fight together instead of not just, you know, share a cameo. But that's something as a kid you've wanted to see your entire life. It was like, Freddy versus Jason fighting and Freddy versus Jason. Like, I don't care how they get to this point. <laughs> Just let them fight. So, but it's great. But uh, in closing, Dan, what would you, what would you, what score would you give this film? Um, I would say about a 6.8. Six, 6 to an 8 or 6.8? Oh, a 6.8. Okay, just mm-hmm. checking. Uh, to me, there, there is a nostalgia factor here because that's, this, that's the reason. This was a defining, was, no. you know, uh, this was a big movie for me as a kid because, again, TBS would play the shit out of this movie, along with Beastmaster and, you know, all that. It was oh, kinda... I'm sorry. It's not a nostalgia factor for me. It's a comedic thing. Oh, I yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. uh, to me, that adds to the charm of it, though. But, yeah. Like we talked about earlier. It's it's me, what Willow, for, yeah. for you. Well, I mean, Willow, Will, you know, you have, like, fantasy movies of the 80s. Willow, uh, Beastmaster, uh, Princess Bride, you know, a little more, a little looser than that, but it's, you know, because it's telling mm-hmm. a story. Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, uh, Dragon Slayer. Uh, it was a great decade for that genre, which, I mean, what it's was... It's hard for that to make it now. Yeah. I mean, Especially with, the, with a not... About a Hobbit in it. Well, or, or, you know, it's got to be way more mature now to me to make it like Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's, that's a good point, because, yeah. I mean, honestly, aside from Lord of the Rings, or, on you know, as far as in the vein of... Uh, you know, uh, not disrespecting Lord of the Rings, but it's more in the rain, uh, realm of Conan the Destroyer, whereas Game of Thrones is more like Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. You know, but what else, fantasy-wise, has there that's been really, really good? And I'm sure that we probably could think of one with enough time, but we're not going to have dead air on the podcast. You know, but uh, the '80s was almost like a renaissance for mm-hmm. some of the great fantasy movies <laughs> that we sucks, talk about so. on here, and still before we did this podcast mm-hmm. talked about. 
I'm a huge fan of RPGs and uh, JRPGs, and they're kind of just going away. Yeah. It sucks. But uh, Speaking of which, have you seen uh, the stuff on uh, Lightning Returns 13? No. They're doing a quick aside. They're doing a lot with their... They're changing up to where you just play as Lightning, but you change your outfit, which in, in a sense you change your job. So she has like... It's almost like it's more action-based, which is not... You know, I like... it. It's not fifteen. It's not Final Fantasy fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they're evolving the existing gameplay of, of one particular entry, so I'm cool with it. Like doing something different, mm-hmm. but it it looks really awesome. Like I, I think you might like it. Uh, it looks more action RPG than. But I'll be damned if I wouldn't love a traditional RPG, RPG to come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I love action RPGs, but you know, I'm in the middle of an MMO right now. With fourteen, but you know you just have that hankering. I want to. I want to have my party. I want to build experience. Equip them. I want to go grind like yeah. this enemy repeatedly. You know, uh, the only place I can find that right now is on iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a ton of games like that. But Vita's and, got some good ones, but I don't have a Vita <laughs> yet. I missed the start of this conversation. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> talk about. Uh, we started <laughs> just saying like fantasy movies in terms of like swords and sorcery. Just kind of think oh, right. of the past, oh, unless it's yeah. real mature, like Game of Thrones type, right? Will would it work? Probably not. I, I would stick by yeah, my original theory. Drama. It has to have a Hobbit in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, and then you got Tyrion Lannister. You got to have a, a little person. <laughs> it's the only means to success. <laughs> Still waiting on Willow too. It's the t- it's the right time. Kilmer, just give Kilmer enough incentive to get in shape. As I was about to say, give Kilmer a diet. <laughs> Please <laughs> save Val Kilmer. Hashtag save Kilmer. Save Val. Hashtag. Wait no, yeah. Hashtag first. Uh, whatever you say that crap because I don't. Use, I Isn't hate that he word. Martin Twain right now. That's like his thing he's doing. What? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a uh, it's a play though. It's really he doesn't look that fat as you know that. I think he had to lose some weight for that. He looked like I mean it's a lot of prosthetics, yeah, but I mean he he's looks. Look- hmm. Wow, that's he, and he's very much in character when he does it too. That's amazing. Oh, I'm, did not know that. Saying, yeah, look it up. Wow, go Val. Yeah, nice. Hmm. Yeah, he tweeted those pictures of him getting into makeup. Is it like a one man type player? I think it might be. Like he should even have, like publicize that he was in it and just like done it like a mystery performer is. And like <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, one man show. Like a uh, Citizen man on the Twain. Moon. What's his name? Who? Um. Something in the middle? Like Man that? on the Moon is what I said. Oh, Andy, uh, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, yeah. yeah. That's that's blowing my mind. That's, I mean, I'm glad he's got some, because I, I mean, I've always liked Val Kilmer. I mean, he's one of those... Yeah, one-man play. Interesting. And that's, that seems like something I would never expect him to be a part of, like a one-man play. Like, Val Kilmer on a, in a play... Yeah, because it actually shows that you care about the craft, and he always comes off as like this... Yeah, well, you worked with him on a movie, did, uh, uh, Blood, Blood Out, out and like he was, you said one it was day, very... One day, $100,000. <laughs> Or something like that, yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to work one day a year? Okay, cool, bro. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it's crazy. God. Anyway. Uh, again, this released June 29, 1984, in the real world, uh, three days before. We did another movie around the same time, and that was ref- it'll be referencing it on Daniel's uh, segment, but uh, the original, I'm not sure what movie it was, but the original one I used was the Night Stalker killed his first victim, Richard Ramirez. So I didn't want to do that one. So the only thing I could find of any kind of note, and I used that very lightly, but on June 26th, three days before this came out, Aubrey Plaza was born, 
And nobody cared. She's all right. <laughs> I don't like her. Really? Based on what? She's... Okay, when Parks and Rec, when the first two seasons, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, Aziz was always a... I hate him. I cannot stand him. Uh, but, you know, and they gave her her bigger role. But then, like, I saw... You started seeing, her, started seeing the cast and other things. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, hey, you know... I know I'm like geeky. I'm like sort of like a geek, but I'm I'm kind of hot and stuff. She just doesn't I care. Just, yeah, I mean, like that. She's a one-trick pony. You know, if Aubrey, if you're listening, prove me wrong. I challenge you. Well, as far as what you're saying, yeah, that's true. I mean, I saw Safety Not Guaranteed. That was an interesting movie. But she was the lead in that. Oh, she was. I don't know if I could sit through a movie with her as the lead. Yeah, she was the lead. Of course, uh, opposite. Um, New Orleans own what's his name? Oh, Mark Duplass. Huh. It's on Netflix. I bet it was really good. I kind of cared at some point, and then pretty much didn't. that. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, no, opposite. She didn't care, but then she cared. Oh yeah, I don't care. And uh, but now I care. I'm hoping. What is it, Chris? She's in Legend of Korra. Which uh, Tim she's might probably know the, about. the hater, like the mean girl to yeah. Korra. Or whatever. I don't know, but there's a ask podcast him. about that on the podcast network. Yeah, but uh, I'm really hoping Chris Pratt uh, does a good job in Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably will. Um, that'll be the biggest surprise in the Marvel uh, franchise. That actor and that director coming out with something really good. But I mean, we're talking about you saw Super, right? With Rain Wilson. Yeah. Did you see? Have you seen Super? It's on Netflix. Don't watch it with. Uh, your wife, but you should watch it. It is a don't very... watch it with the wife. His wife? Yeah, she hates any kind of viol- uh, oh. gore type thing. In the end, okay. I was like, I don't remember much. And I mean, she she probably would like it until a point where she'd be like, Oh my god, this is disgusting. <laughs> so, but it, it is a to, actually, I rewatched it uh, two weekends ago because it was on Netflix. I realized it was on Netflix. But uh, Super is fantastic. Oh, movie 43. Remember that for my Back to the Future. Because that's coming up in a second. I didn't watch it. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, uh, no, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, I have the, I'm going into it cautiously, but I think I'm really going to like it because it's going to be very comic booky, if that makes any sense. Because uh, Super is about Rain Wilson as a superhero, like a, almost like Kickass. It's basically, right. a, in a sense, it's a revolver Kickass, but I like it better than Kickass. At least that sto- that plot line that they go about, you'll see it. It's a good movie. And I like James Gunn as a as a writer. He gives a lot of advice to writers. Really, like I always see his stuff, like him telling you how he did it and all that stuff. I'm just worried about his history as a director. Yeah, but I mean, he also did Slither, which was. Very underrated to me. And that was his all the way through, writing, directing, mm-hmm. everything. Even though it did kind of, like we mentioned on the Halloween episode of Night of the Creeps, was sort of a, in a <laughs> sense, a little bit of a ripoff. But nevertheless, Slither was a great movie. Uh, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, to me, has the potential to be probably one of the funnest comic book movies out there. That's actually, let me, funniest hero, mo- or uh, uh, one of the most fun comic book movies uh, that there will be because I mean, Thor: The Dark World has some a lot, a little you know, almost too much comic relief in it, but it's still tolerable. Winter Soldier looks like a complete, like 
contrast uh, contrast in the first one in that it's a it looks to me like a political thriller, you know, almost like a a Patriot Games type, uh, you know, almost a Clancy esque. Uh, it's scary it. that uh, no one's gonna know who any of these people are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, unless you have some knowledge of comic books, but whew, it's gonna be tough. I mean, but it's gonna be a tough sell. But I mean, it, it has with, uh, a Rick great cast. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, it, it right. found its audience, and like, and kids, right. you know, it expanded its audience. Yeah, uh, with that. But I mean, it, aside from a few people, Guardians has probably one of the better casts of the Marvel movies, like bar none. And it's gonna be really, really interesting. Did you didn't see Thor two? Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you, you? You didn't see it either. No. Okay, because I want to. I mean, eventually will. But uh, they it uh, Thor two the end after the the mid credit scene ties mm-hmm. into Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it doesn't doesn't spoil anything in the movie for you. But and I want to say probably James Gunn might have directed the scene that's in there because it's very it's unique. But uh, I'm ec- I'm excited more than I sh- probably should be for Guardians, but we'll see. I'll Maybe be there. See. I'll be there. You know, probably not midnight, but opening night, I would imagine. Maybe. But anyway, Daniel, what's your? Is it sports, video games? It's nothing. Oh, why is that? Sucked <laughs> that I was looking for for this one. You mean no good birthdays? No Aubrey good... Plaza is not important to you. No. She, <laughs> I played sports once. So in my head, I, I'll go with uh. Do I have a top fan? When this comes yeah, out? I I'm forgot. No, oh, June. What? June 29th, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything, man. That um, <laughs> was four. Before we get into the worst, uh, Trey last week did his top five favorite movies. I'll just do a quick top three, and that'll be my. Okay. Yeah. Go, go for it. It was all kind of ones you kind of had in it. That's fine. We can talk about it again. They deserve we it. We don't really have to talk about it. I could just. Oh, I want to talk about it again. Number three for me is mud. These are the or- in order, yeah. Like you would say order. If I did a top three, because mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about mud until you talked about it last week. But I love that movie. Um, I didn't realize like because it didn't come out around this time. Yeah, it was you know I seen it a while back. Uh, number two is Gravity. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie, which you have not seen. And I hope I don't build it up too much for you. Is Prisoners. Mm. I will be seeing it shortly. Was amazing in Prisoners and. If you didn't like Gyllenhaal, I think you will. You love Hugh Jackman. You'll like him even if more. If I was a girl, yeah. I'd have pictures of Hugh Jackman on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, I already do. <laughs> you really do. You did. Well, no, the actually fountain. I do. I have the Fountain movie poster, <laughs> yeah. so he is on one uh, side of my wall. There you go. But that is my top three movies of 2013. But that was sort of movies. a rewind. Rewind. Some rewind. Sort of thing. 2013 rewind. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm excited to see Prisoners, and especially because it kind of came out, and it based on the trailer, it's like one of those like, eh, lovely yeah. bones. I'll see it when it comes out later. But it got so much uh, positive reviews, and a lot of I heard nothing but good word of mouth from it, mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And of course, uh, like you mentioned, you know, put. I mean, I sat through Real Steel for Hugh Jackman, so there's there's just <laughs> some acting in this movie. You stay for Kate Beck. I mean, not Kate Beck. What's that? Angela Lily? The elf. Yeah. People Speaking their, of which, she did a great job in the Hobbit. I heard. I heard. People put their hard hats on. She was on about ready to fade away. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, I forgot how pretty she is. Who? Evangeline Lily. Oh, from I didn't watch Kate Lost, Kate. but she was on some other series, like, briefly. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, just, she's, like, gorgeous. And then she's probably the hottest elf there is. Mm-hmm. 
aside from, I don't know. Orlando Bloom. No, of course. <laughs> Hobbits are going to Isengard. <laughs> did you see that? Where they did the, where the he did it remix? live. Oh, no. Well, like, it was the last live. day of shooting on The Hobbit. Oh, that's And they, funny. like, he had it on his iPhone. YouTube people can see he had it on his iPhone. Or he had it playing. <laughs> and when it got to his part of the remix, he'd, like, put it down and sing it live. Yeah. And, like, put it back up and... Is great, That's but you can good. see the green screen all behind him, and he was yeah. in legless garb, and <laughs> pretty cool. I like Orlando Bloom. Uh, not to be, a, you know, he's no, uh, you know, Viggo Mortensen acting wise, no, but no, uh, no. I think he's a very enjoyable. Like he'll play a character, yeah, he'll feel even if it's ridiculous or or not. But I mean, in uh, Desolation of Smog or Smaug, however you want to say it, uh, probably one of the best action sequences of the year. Aside. So outside of like Man of Steel or something like that like hmm. uh, if you see it you'll know what I'm talking about cool anyway uh, again like Daniel kind of mentioned last year uh, I mean last year last week <laughs> on, it's been so long on the Back to the Future segment I did my top t- uh, top uh, five favorite movies of the year this week is the top or the bottom five I guess I should say of the year uh, these actually I'm going to put in order real quick because I know which one is definitely last uh, number five, worst film of the year to me, World War Z. Mm. Never watched it. You'll okay. Again, I try not to be judgmental about. I've tried. I've mentioned on the podcast before how my wife and another friend of ours' wife, if they read the book, it has to be like you know it, the book will always be better, no matter what. Who's blah, the blah, other blah, one? Blah. I don't know. Crystal. We talked about oh, okay. Cloud Atlas. I think on the podcast. Gotcha. Uh, but World War Z is just. It's all, I, I, and of course, Mike mentioned that, like, you know, it's not what you expect. So I did go into it not expecting it to be what the book was, but it was still just, you haven't seen it. No, neither of y'all have seen it, correct? Okay. The end is just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just like, really? Has nothing to do with the book, though, right? No, nothing yeah, to do with so. the book. It's, zombies. Mm, that's it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm usually an advocate about, like, if something happens, a plot point, you know, it's a movie, just let it go. But this one is just like, God. Yeah, it it's it takes a, a big leaps that are are hard for even me to just be like let it pass. Actually, let me phrase it: I let it pass once. Happens again. <laughs> happens again. Happens like, oh god. Anyway, but that's number five. Cool. Uh, let's see which one of these. Number four, I'll say, I'll say the Purge with uh, Ethan Hawke, poor man's Tom Cruise. <laughs> that's a silly plot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's and a it's a. They try to be all, like, real with it. Like, no, the purge is a good thing, son. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's not. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> it's stupid. It's, they, they try to, like, make it scary. Where, like, they wear, like, masks. Like, like, almost like the strangers. Like, they have, like, plastic masks. Like, you must let us participate in the purge. Let the guy out or we'll kill you all. Like, it's, it's dumb. It's, it is dumb. It's, and then there's a, quote, unquote, twist in the end that is just ridiculous. And just makes it even worse. You're gonna tell me about that whenever we. Uh, I'll go tell you home. right now if you don't want to watch the movie. <laughs> no, I don't. Are you ever gonna watch it? Do no. you care? Okay. The okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, Ethan Hawke's character sells security systems, basically, <laughs> and by security systems, we're talking like you see in uh, futuristic movies, where like, like metal will... plates come down over every window. Like uh, and... Gremlins too. Yeah, yeah, like the exactly <laughs> good good reference, Jesse. You know, complete. Seclu- like lockdown in your house and every night once a night uh, I mean uh, once a year you have the purge you know, for 24 hours all law enforcement suspended no rescue stuff you can go out and do whatever you want for this one night 
And apparently in this fictional universe, that actually fucking works. Because there's hardly any crime because everybody just goes out and does shit that one night a year that and vents their frustrations and all that. Well, that makes sense. Well, they lock down. Like, you know, of course their kids are like, why do we have to do this? This is so dumb. This is terrible. He's like, the purge is good. It's blah, blah, blah. Who says it, the purge is good? Ethan like, Hawk? Ethan Hawk, like, it's wow. necessary for society. Blah, blah, blah. And Don't like, know but why, his, but, but his young is. son who makes robots that look like the Toy Story baby head thing. Actually, it's a baby head on a little remote control car that has night vision that, you, that it comes into play later. <laughs> well, he's sitting there. They're all like, hey, the purge has begun. They're locked down. They're just chilling out. Uh, his, his daughter and a son. The daughter's boyfriend like stays... He like you think he leaves earlier, but he stays, so he's locked in the house with him. And she's like, "Oh no, my dad can't find out." He's like, "Well, I need to talk to your dad because she says I'm too old to date you." Okay, now if you're watching the movie and you have a half a brain, you already know that that he doesn't want to talk to the dad. He wants to fucking kill the dad. Yeah. It's the purge. Why exactly. else would he be doing it tonight? So yeah. Anyway, and then while this is happening, coincidentally outside the house, there's this homeless guy being pursued by these rich kids. And like, and he run the, the younger his younger son sees him like, oh, 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 freaks out, unlocks their fucking house. So the the guy he's like over here, run in, complete stranger runs in, locks the house back down. So now there's a homeless guy in the house, and 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 uh, Ethan Hawke's freaking out like there's this guy in the house, and uh, at the exact same time, the boyfriend comes down and tries to shoot Ethan Hawke, and then Ethan Hawke like dodges and shoots him and kills him. So now his daughter runs off scared into some other part of the house and there's this stranger in the house and they're all there's it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. I want to know the plot. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so then but then then like the people you see on the trailer show up like we want to kill this guy for the part. Like he talks like this like do not do not stop our right for this event sir. We will kill you all. Just over the I mean just terror. It's stupid. Again, I can't stress how stupid Director's this is. like more more. But just think there's three worse movies after this one. Sure. Uh, but then anyway, so they eventually break in. The, the guy's trying to get the homeless guy because they say, you know, throw him out and we'll let you go. Well, they can't find him because the kid's using this little remote control doll-headed thing to like, over here, quickly, I have a hidey hole. So the dude's hiding and like, you know, he's going to hide, but then they're going to come in and kill this whole family because he's hiding. And eventually it comes to a point where Ethan, actually, I got ahead of myself. Here's where it gets ridiculous. The dudes, they capture him, Ethan Hawke, like, and like, we got to throw him out. And then it's, kids are like this isn't right dad this isn't right and even in the black is like don't do this but then finally he like looks around the block and like he's, he finally has that moment of clear like they're gonna kill you off if you don't let me go just he's like just do it just throw me out <laughs> throw him the fuck out of the house they don't the bad guy the kids come in and then they systematically kill everybody ethan hall gets shot and he dies of his gunshot wound uh so they're all in there crying and then like the neighbors come like after the like uh where well, the house gets opened up and it's daytime. The purge isn't over yet, though. All the neighbors sh- happen to show up then. Oh, oh, are you okay? I'm like, oh, you saved us. Thank God. No, you're the richest people on the block, and we don't like that. So now we're going to kill you. <laughs> and I forget how they get out of it. Oh, the, the, the homeless guy finds a gun and kills them all uh, and saves them in the end, although Ethan Hawke's dead and all right. the neighbors are dead. No, I'm sorry. He didn't kill the neighbors. Uh, they tell him just to leave. Like... We're still alive, and you can't do nothing. Just leave. So, for, so, uh, so no, stupid. don't let them go. Fucking kill them, because one year from now, yeah, they're gonna come back and try to kill you again, or somebody else, or just accept the crime and kill them. Anyway. Yeah, no shit. Like, just say, hey, look, it happened during the purge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's like prove the, the it. The buzzer hadn't. It, this did not happen after the buzzer, and there literally is a buzzer that like. Uh. Rrr, 
It's dumb. <laughs> the deaf guy's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, the, like, <laughs> you're the, <laughs> signing like, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? Why are you killing every time this day? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so, it's one of those movies like, they, like they're trying to say something sociopolitical. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work on any level. Right. And, it, and of ridiculous. course, who do you get to play in it but Ethan Hawke? So... The only way that could work is like if it took place on a small, tiny island with like twenty people. <laughs> <They'd>, <laughs> I mean, because that makes no sense in a giant city. Yeah. Like, uh. Well, they, again, they they have the little bit of exposition. Like, no, this helps. Crime is but down. There's a one percent crime rate. You know, it's like okay. Not counting this one. Day. Yeah, I mean, but this day, you know, this day is like two hundred percent or. It's dumb. That's really and dumb. And if you liked it, I'm sorry. I just disagree with you. Tell us you why. Should... 80sRevisited at gmail.com. Yes, please. Elaborate. And examples. Bad. Don't just say you like it. Say, oh, I like it because of the fun. You know, if you're a professor at Harvard, give me your, your analysis. I thought you were going to say Hogwarts. Hog- yeah. <laughs> if you're a professor at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, Yeah. As we mentioned before, movie 43 will be my number third. Uh, had a number couple three. of. A third worst of the year. Would be movie forty three. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's don't. It's got a lot of like huge act. Okay, I, sa- I mentioned I sat through uh, Real Steel. I should clarify and say I sat through movie forty three. Now it's why it's, are so many people in it? Oh, and Dennis Quaid's in it. But it's a uh, basic. Here's the plot: Dennis Quaid is in the office of uh oh what's his name uh the dad from Little Miss Sunshine and uh, Greg, Greg, uh, Greg Greg Kinnear. Yeah, Greg Kinnear. He's a producer. And Dennis Quaid's like, hey, I got this pitch for this movie. And his first pitch is a movie about Hugh Jackman's this wealthy billionaire or something. He's going on a date with uh, Kate Winslet. And it, and he has a scarf. You can see in the, in the poster. Mm-hmm. When he takes his scarf off, scarf off, he has a pair of balls under on his chin. Literal balls. Okay. His nutsack is under his chin. Okay. And it's a prosthetic. And nobody seems to care except Kate Winslet. And, like, I mean, it, it, he like he's, like, sipping his soup and his balls go in the soup. His chin balls go. I mean, it's just silly. It's really silly. And there's this other segment with uh, Chris Pratt and I think it's Anna Ferris. But uh, she's like, she wants him to shit on her. So he goes and eats. Yeah. And like the whole segment, 15 minutes of my life was wasted watching this. This, I mean, the whole movie you know, in total was a waste. But the whole segment is like he's eating all these burritos because his, his friends tell him, yeah, man, when you shit on your girlfriend, you got to like eat right and you got to make it messy and do what she likes, blah, blah. There's a, there's a picture from the segment right there. So he's like holding it in this whole time, like taking laxatives, like he's going to make it the biggest shit ever. And then she like keeps like doing all this foreplay and he's like, come on, baby, like, baby, we got to go now. We got to go now. She's like, no, I want to like enjoy this moment. And like, and he's like, he's got to take a shit, the biggest shit of his life. Well, for some reason, he runs outside and gets hit by a car, and the grossest scene in movie history, shit goes everywhere. Right. And that, that probably sums up this whole movie. It's just shit everywhere. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. But like you said, when you look at the cast, you would think that there would be some sort of substance to this. I just wonder why it happened. Uh, it's reminiscent of an 80s movie. I think it was the 80s, but it was called the Kentucky Fried Movie. It was just a whole bunch of you know, short little comedic scenes. Basically an episode of Saturday Night Live with everybody being a, a movie star. All right. Except it wasn't funny. It was just dumb. Truly dumb. It's on Netflix if you want to watch Trey it. Trey Parker and Matt Stone were initially set to direct the segment, but they dropped out. Yeah, because they do <laughs> they do classy comedy, <laughs> yeah. you know. And and if, and if 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 people who make shows about talking pieces of shit that come out around Christmas time and all the stuff that they do 
You know, yeah. Hitler fucking Saddam Hussein. I mean, uh, Satan fucking Saddam Hussein, and they don't want to be a part of this movie. There's your sign. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> now, like I said, I was drawn in by the mystique of Hugh Jackman, and I was severely disappointed. Terrible, terrible movie. Mm-mm. Anyway, number two. Not surprisingly, Rob Zombie released the movie this year. It has to be on my worst movie list. It was The Lords of Salem. Now, it was very colorful, if I can say one good thing about it. But uh, he makes the mistake again of casting his wife as an actress, and that doesn't work. Why did it say 2012? Uh, I don't know. Mm. But when I Wikipedia movies that came out this year, it had it as... Okay. It says April 18th, 2013 in Russia. In Russia so. Oh, so I mean, it, it, call it, it that. Well, the thing is, it's it was. I know it, it's been it's been yeah, completed right. for a while. You go. You're good. <laughs> but it was yeah. See, but you know, it showed in Canada all the way in September 2012. It's been completed for a while, yeah. but nobody, no, no th- place wanted to dis- no a company wanted to distribute it because it's crap. <laughs> it's a Rob Zombie directed, written, and starring his wife film. Now. I would love to see Rob Zombie direct something that he doesn't write, that doesn't have his wife in it. I don't think he's a bad director, but he's that type of personality, or at least he has the appearance of it in all of his films, is that he wants to do all these parts in it. Like, I think of everything that he does creatively, from everything from music to movies, I think he's, of, of those, he's the best at directing. I think he does, he truly does have a skill there that is not being refined by him doing his own work. If that makes any Mm-mm-mm. sense. He did CSI Miami one episode. Got to watch that. <laughs> Maybe. Probably <laughs> wouldn't even know it was directed by him because right, it's probably normal. Uh, like, in, like that's why I mentioned before, when, he, when they said he was doing the Halloween remake, I was excited. Like, okay, we have a modern director that there is potential there, but then he wrote it too, and he puts his wife in it. And, he, and there's where the fuck up comes in. Not so much his wife, but, the, you know, I don't want to spend half the damn movie learning about Michael Myers getting bullied as a kid. Bullying's been around he's since like, the fucking dawn of time, and now like, it's a big deal? Is he kind of like the 2000 or post-1990s George Lucas? He should stick to writing? No, Rob Zombie shouldn't write. He should make music or direct. No, George Lucas oh. shouldn't direct. He, he shouldn't, shouldn't do, like, Lucas shouldn't do, George Lucas should do anything. Yeah. <laughs> which he doesn't now he just does philanthropy yeah. so I mean well, it's so this, but uh, you are I see what you're saying because mm. you know in the original trilogy he directed the Star Wars he didn't do the other two and guess which ones were better I'm not mm. saying that Star Wars isn't is a bad movie no 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 it's just that George Lucas is great at he's like what I want to be if you listen to my episode on Jesse's podcast like I like coming up with ideas and letting other people handle them <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, my, that's where my creativity that's where I thrive like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm the idea guy. Hey, here's an idea. Give me a check. <laughs> here's an idea for that. Check. Whatever. But Producer. yeah. And again, like, there, there are some people who love everything that Rob Zombie does. Devil's Reject was, criti- you know, as opposed to House of Selling Corpses, was w- pretty well received. Uh, to me, it was just, you know, it was along the lines of Eli Roth's torture porn. I mean, it was just, I, I don't, I don't know. That's a different story. But yeah, Lord's the Same is the second worstest movie I saw this year. And num- the worst movie to come out in 2013... Drumroll. Uh, I was just going to say drumroll. Okay. To, so people can do it in their heads. Good idea. Let's do that again. Drumroll. 
After Earth with mm. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was by far the worst film I've seen in probably multiple years. That's all I really want to say because this movie doesn't deserve any more of your precious time or my precious words. Don't see it. Don't. In <sighs> the end. The end. Don't see it. Don't right. see any of these that I named, to be honest with you. If you have to watch one, watch World War Z. That's it. And the thing is, none of these are even good for a laugh. Even the one that's a comedy is not good for a laugh. <laughs> and yeah, believe- they, they all sounded pretty bad. World War Z got a 7.1 on IMDb, though. And It's probably because they're not comparing to the book at all. Yeah, I mean, which that does factor into mine, but, you know, of all of them, it's... World War Z isn't... When I say worst, it's because there was a a lot of good this year that I didn't have on, like, you know, there was a lot of movies or there was more, there were more good movies this year, I would say, in my opinion, than bad movies. Okay. So, when I was looking at bad, you know, thinking of the five ones that just really just, eh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, w- I can honestly even say, take off World War Z and put Iron Man 3 on there. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly. Because uh, I'll never watch either one of them again. But, I don't know. <laughs> Time will be the test. Anyway, thank you for listening. Don't watch any of those movies. If you do watch World War Z, skip all the other ones. If not, you just lost an hour to two hours of your life. And I tried to warn you, because that's what we do here. Yep. Warn people. We just <laughs> Don't do this. Look both ways before you cross the street. But anyway, if let's, I want to hear what y'all's worst movies are. Uh, email us, 80srevisit.gmail.com, on Facebook or Twitter at AwesomePods, correct? It's been so long since I've said that. AwesomePods.com, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot this last episode. That's all right. Uh, but um, uh, if you want to check out Conan the Destroyer or Barbarian, go to awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link, go to Amazon, add them to your card on Blu ray or DVD. You can get a combo pack. Don't get the remake, uh, but they're <laughs> definitely worth having in your collection because they're worth, especially Destroyers, definitely worth rewatching. And don't forget about the other shows on the Awesome Podcast Network. Of course, Duo Attack, the Jesse Sedgley Podcast, Why Don't You Know This, Republic City Report, and hopefully more to come. And then next week, I've been wanting to watch these movies for a while now. So whenever I want to watch something, we tend to do it on the podcast until somebody else comes up with something. But (laughs) anyway, next week, Critters. You ever seen Critters, Daniel? Mm -mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. Jesse, have you seen Critters? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. Excellent. I know the name. but Two kinds of people. People who watch Gremlins. People who watch Critters. (laughs) (laughs) But what about those that watch both? Uh, Yeah. The both watchers. Gremlins is better. I prefer but, Gremlins, yeah. <laughs> but Critters is in inter- especially you've seen. Actually, I don't know how many, I don't even know how many there are now. Critters, or, yeah. There's yeah. got to be at least like six. Wow, really? I, uh, I was aware of like three. I know there. I know for sure there's three. I want to say there was like a oh, Critters in space. A four. Maybe that's the one that's. Yeah, is that like the, some planet? Looks like it's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's four. Okay. I was aware. Three point eight. IMDb for part four, and it's 92, so it won't be covered. But yeah, uh, I think we're just uh, we'll just do the first one. And if you like the first one enough, maybe we'll do the second one. <laughs> second one's my favorite of the of the three that I saw. Guess the one with the bounty hunters. Or did the first one have the bounty <laughs> so hunters? So ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, get your nostalgia on yeah. next week on 80s Revisited as we talk about critters. And until next time, I'm Trey Harris, and Daniel Sanangelo, Jesse Sedgley, Kramabunga. Oh, I can't beat that. <laughs> about time I had a good one. Oh, they've all been sucky for like the past 20 episodes.
Alles geht. Facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on Twitter at awesome pods.